that fits so well with what we are going to be speaking on this evening as we're looking at the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says when the Lord returns that every eye will see him. And this will be at the end of the tribulation. And it's going to be very clear when Jesus returns that he is Lord, that he is God, that he is King. And there will be no questions whatsoever uh, concerning that truth. Uh, let's again look tonight and we'll just uh, kind of review some of the things that we covered this morning. We'll look at the scriptures that, uh, where we began this morning, 1 John chapter 2. Uh, if you would stand with me, let's read this portion of scripture once again. 1 John uh, chapter number 2. I, I do not take lightly your presence tonight. Thank you uh, for just coming and being faithful uh, being a part here of Valley Bible Baptist Church and uh, just being here service after service. And I know God uh, blesses that. God honors that, uh, that faithfulness. Uh, beginning at verse number 18, 1 John chapter 2, verse number 18. Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest, that they were not all of us. But you have an unction from the Holy One. You know all things. He's speaking to those that are saved. And if you're saved, you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit of God. He lives within you. The Bible tells you that you're sealed by the Spirit of God. You're born of the Spirit of God. He dwells within the heart and the life of His children. He teaches us the truths of God's Word. He says, I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist, that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Let that therefore abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, you also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. We go to verse number 28, and in this context, he's speaking of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, Now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Uh, here so crucial that, uh, uh, that you hold and abide by the truths of God's word. And in doing so, you'll be prepared for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads. We'll go to the Lord in prayer. And then again, look at a few other scriptures and then pick up kind of where we left off this morning. If you'll join me. Father, we thank you this evening. Uh, your presence in this place. Thank you for the, the wonderful uh, song that we've been a privilege just to hear we shall behold him and Lord we think about that day where every eye will see you and you will return as king of kings and lord of lords and every knee will bow before you every tongue will confess that you're lord to the glory of God the father and Lord thank you for that wonderful promise you promised that if you went away you would come again and receive us unto yourselves and Lord thank you you never fail in a promise you always keep your word and Lord thank you that uh, you have, uh, have promised and assured that to us this evening. Help us this evening as your word is opened. I pray you'll be our teacher. Lord, give us truth upon which we can build and truth that will protect us from the deceptions and the lies of Satan. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated as you're seated. Again, I would like us to go over to chapter 4 
and uh, just pick up as we did uh, this morning in uh, 1 John chapter 4. Uh, here's a, a strong warning. He says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. And I, I mentioned uh, this morning, and I, I do believe the closer we come to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, the more there will be the spirit of deception, uh, the more you really need to compare every teaching and every preaching to the Word of God. I've said this many times, and I do not hesitate to say this again. Uh, anything I preach, you compare it to the Word of God. Uh, the Word of God is the final authority. Uh, men make mistakes. The Lord does not make mistakes. Every preacher, every teacher, you compare their teachings to the Word of God. You try the spirits, whether they're of God. He says in verse number 2, Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereby whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. And then as we skipped over to 2 John, just one little chapter, 2 John, in verse number 7, it reads, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. And as we saw this morning very briefly, uh, the, the, we're speaking of this doctrine of the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it's a foundational truth of the Word of God. It's foundational in biblical Christianity. Uh, the deity of Jesus Christ, as we begin to examine this morning, is from the book of Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation. You see very clearly uh, Christ's deity, God uh, manifest in flesh, Jesus Christ, uh, come into this world, the seed of the woman, fully man, and yet the Son of God, fully God. Uh, Jesus Christ had no earthly father. Uh, his was the heavenly father. The Bible speaks in the Gospel of Luke that the Holy Ghost came upon Mary and she was with child. The virgin gave birth to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's 100% God, 100% man. Now that is hated, that's attacked by Satan today. And uh, as we spoke this morning, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, uh, we're penned dealing with a false doctrine that began to penetrate the early church and it was the doctrine of Gnosticism, the teaching that men could become gods. And that Jesus Christ was simply an enlightened human, uh, bringing the Spirit of God to earth. And that is the same spirit by which the cults operate today. All of the cults deny the deity of Jesus Christ. Uh, the closer we come to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ... Uh, the more the spirit of Antichrist will be at work and the more the attack uh, will come upon the deity of Jesus Christ. As we've seen, Satan hates the Lord Jesus. Satan hates truth. Uh, the Antichrist is going to be an imitator. He's going to imitate the true Jesus. Uh, he will come into the world and deceive much of the world. And as we have seen over the past few weeks, the, uh, the antidote, or we might say the 
the vaccination against the Antichrist is the truth of God's word. Uh, Satan hates truth. And truth will dispel lies, just as light will dispel darkness. It is important what you believe. It is important where you go to church. It is important your doctrine. It's foundational uh, to salvation. And what you believe is going to determine your eternal destiny. Now, we began to look this morning at the deity of Christ in various aspects. And we saw, first of all, the deity of Christ in creation. In the beginning, God, Elohim, uh, created the heaven and the earth. And that word Elohim is one God in plural form. And we read, it's very clear in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse number 26, let us make man in our image. God said, let us make man in our image. Uh, one God, Elohim, in Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's very clear that man created in the image of God is likewise a trinity, body, soul, and spirit. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, uh, the Lord kind of brought this to light to us. In the beginning was the Word, that's Jesus Christ. The Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word, Jesus Christ, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It's a foundational truth. And so we see the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ in creation. Uh, we continued forward with the deity of Christ in the incarnation. Uh, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That child was the Lord Jesus Christ. A virgin gave birth, and we believe in the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a miracle. Uh, Emmanuel, God with us. That child placed in the manger. Uh, that child was more uh, than just a child. That child was God coming into this world. Emmanuel, God with us. God tabernacling among mankind. It's a wonderful truth. It's a foundational truth of the Word of God. We believe in the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a wonderful Savior uh, that we serve. Now the Antichrist, uh, we're, we'll, we'll find that when Antichrist comes into the world, he's going to imitate the Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to be an imitator. And uh, I, I believe there will be details even surrounding uh, the birth of Antichrist and an effort to imitate the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see the deity of Christ in the Incarnation. And then we saw the deity of Christ in His life and in His ministry. Uh, the teachings of Jesus Christ, how marvelous, how wonderful. Uh, he taught as no other man ever taught. He taught with power and with authority. Uh, the men of Jesus' day heard the teachings of the scribes and the Pharisees. But when they heard the teachings of Jesus, they knew there was something different. It's very evident, especially in the Gospel of John, that Jesus would emphasize the statement taken from the book of Exodus when Moses asked God the question, Who will I tell them sent me? And the Lord said, I am that I am. And Jesus used that statement from the book of Exodus chapter 3. Uh, we know that Jesus stated, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. 
I am the resurrection and the life. Before Abraham was, I am. I and the Father are one, Jesus said. Those were the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the reference was very clearly back to the statement in the book of Exodus. Jesus was claiming to be God. As I mentioned this morning, either Jesus is God, or he's a lunatic, or he's a liar. And we know, of course, that he is God become man. So in the teachings of Jesus Christ, very clearly portrayed his deity. That's why often the Jews took up stones to stone the Lord Jesus Christ. It's because of that claim. When Jesus said, I and my Father are one, they understood that as a claim to deity. When Jesus said before, Abraham was, I am, they understood that as a claim to deity. So we see the teachings of Jesus Christ, but the miracles of Christ, oh, what power, what authority. Uh, because He is God, all power, all authority were in His hands. Uh, we saw examples this morning of the Lord Jesus Christ calming the sea. He spoke the words and said, Peace, be still. And the sea was calm. As he entered into the ship with the disciples, the, uh, the disciples looked at the Lord Jesus Christ as that sea was calm. And they said, what manner of man is this? He's more than a man. There's something different about him. Uh, he's the one that can cast out demons. He's the one that can make the lame to walk and the blind to see and the deaf to hear. He's the one of all power. He's the one of all authority. And the disciples, in looking at the Lord Jesus Christ, experiencing his earthly ministry, knew that he was more than a man. He was God. On one occasion, Luke chapter 5, when the Lord filled the nets with multitudes of fishes, so much so that the nets began to break, or the net began to break, uh, Peter said to the Lord Jesus Christ, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. And as you look in the context, it's very clear that Peter understood that Jesus was much more than a man. He saw him as God. And so we see the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ in his teachings and in his life and in his miracles. Uh, we continued on. There's the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ portrayed through the resurrection. See, this separates Jesus from all other religious leaders. They were sinful men. They died. They were buried. They went to the grave. And their bones remained in the grave. But death could not hold my Jesus Christ. He was proven to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. Up from the grave He arose. He spent three days and three nights in that tomb. But death could not hold Him because He had no sin. He was proven to be God by that resurrection. And can I say to us this evening, that separates Jesus from every other religious leader. Now, Jesus is not the same as Muhammad. He's more than a prophet. He's more than Buddha. He's more than all the teachings and the religious leaders of Eastern religions. He's much more. You see, He's God become man. And up from the dead he arose, proving himself to be God. Yes, the resurrection verifies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. It separates Christianity from all other 
religions. Makes Jesus far different than other religious leaders. As we looked this morning in the life of Thomas, after Jesus appeared to the apostles, Thomas was not present when the Lord first appeared that first resurrection day on Sunday evening, I believe. As the Lord appeared to the apostles, Thomas was not present. And then it was eight days later where the Lord again appeared to Thomas. And Thomas had made the statement, except I reach hither my finger into his side, and except I behold the prints of nails in his hands, I will not believe. And the Lord appeared to Thomas and said, Thomas, be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas made that very important statement of the Lord Jesus Christ in reference to his resurrection, my Lord and my God. Jesus never denied that deity. My Lord and my God. And that's what Jesus desires to be in our life. Our Lord and our God. The resurrection proved the deity of Jesus Christ. And then we spoke and we had to complete it with this thought this morning. Christ's ascension into heaven proved his deity. See, he was amongst the disciples for 40 days. Uh, they witnessed and heard the teachings of Jesus. And then Jesus said, You shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Then the Bible tells us that as the disciples looked up into heaven, they beheld as Jesus was taken out of their sight. The angel spoke and said, The same Jesus was taken from you shall so come in like manner. And then we beheld as Stephen, after preaching the gospel, was stoned. Stephen looked up into heaven. He saw the Lord Jesus Christ standing at the right hand of the throne of God. There Stephen, his face shone as the face of an angel. It brought deep conviction to those Jews who had crucified the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's befitting. Turn with me again tonight to the book of Hebrews. Because when Jesus ascended, we'll go to Hebrews chapter 1. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he took his rightful place upon the throne. In Hebrews chapter number 1, verse number 1. And let me make just a few comments that I did not make this morning. It reads in verse 1, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake unto time past unto the fathers by the prophets, and this becomes very essential, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. And I would just encourage you, that becomes very crucial. Uh, there are many cults that tell us that in these last days, God's spoken to us by their particular cult leader. And can I say to you, God has in these days spoken to us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory, the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, See, the angels were created beings, as he had by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, and again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. 
And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, and let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire, but unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. See, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he took his rightful position as God at the throne of heaven. Thy throne, O God, speaking of the Son, speaking of Jesus, is forever and ever. And so we see the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ in his ascension. Now let me give you another thought tonight, building upon where we left off this morning. We see the deity of Jesus Christ in his salvation. That becomes important. Here is the problem with all of our cults. You see, they have the wrong Jesus. And the wrong Jesus cannot save you. There are multitudes of cults that are sending souls to hell. Many times very sincere, but they're sincerely lost without the Jesus of the Bible. That's the spirit of Antichrist, and that spirit of Antichrist is at work largely in our world today. I want us to go to the Gospel of Mark, chapter number 2. This thought of Christ's deity in salvation is so very clearly set forth in this passage of Scripture. We could give you other examples, but I think this makes it so very clear. In the Gospel of Mark chapter number 2, I want to just read through this portion of Scripture. And again, this speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ. He entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And uh, those of you that uh, traveling to Israel, Capernaum, it was one of my favorite places. You'll see uh, these very things uh, in the life and ministry of the Lord. And straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And you get the picture as Jesus is in this particular home. Uh, the word goes forth, Jesus is present, and people from all around that region gathered to hear the Lord Jesus Christ teaching. And they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. That was the first bus ministry. Here's a man sick of palsy, and four men gathered on every side of the pallet of this man, and they carried him to the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of palsy lay. They were very creative. Uh, get the picture. They've gathered the throngs of people are around listening to the Lord Jesus Christ. They can't get to Jesus so they put this man on the pallet on the roof of the house and they break through the roof right above where Jesus was in the house. It's a beautiful picture. Uh, they were really very, uh, how would we say, very persistent. They were going to get this man to the Lord Jesus. And this is really a, an important thought because uh, we ought to bring others to Jesus. And Jesus is capable of meeting every need. In verse number 5, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. 
What power. What authority. Here the Lord just simply speaks the word. Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why did this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? That's a truth. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Now verse number 7 is a proper statement. Why did this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? See, the power and authority of Jesus Christ to save and to forgive sins is proven through His deity. If Jesus is not God, I submit to you tonight He has no power to save. Our sin is against God. And only God can forgive our sin against Him. And yet Jesus, being God, has the power and the authority to forgive our sin. You remember a, a man named Nicodemus? He came to Jesus by night. And he said of Jesus, Jesus, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Nicodemus, who was a religious leader had observed the Lord Jesus Christ, and he had observed enough to know uh, the power and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know, of course, Jesus went right to the heart of Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. As Moses lifted up the serpent of the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in his name should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus is there proclaiming his deity, his authority, his power to forgive sins. It's in John chapter 4 that the woman at the well met the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus asked her of water. How is it, she said, that thou being a Jew, ask of me, a woman of Samaria, water? Jesus began to teach, if you knew who it is that spoke these words unto you, you would seek from him the living water. We know the story of the woman at the well that uh, that day, I believe she was gloriously born again. She met the Lord Jesus Christ. She discovered the living water, the fountain of living water. She discovered that day the one who had all power and all authority. It was a woman that had been married five times. She was now living in an adulterous relationship. And when she met the Lord Jesus Christ, she discovered one that had the power to forgive her sin. She had the, he had the power to save her. He had the power to set her free because of who he is. And I say to you tonight that my Jesus, because of who he is, has the power and the authority to save you. There's no person that he cannot save. There's no life that he cannot change. There's no home that he cannot heal. 
There's no rebellious, wayward teenager, but what he cannot set him free. There's no captive, so under bondage to whatever it be, whether it be pornography or sin or drug or addiction, uh, there's no one under any uh, sin or addiction, but what my Jesus uh, has the power to deliver him because of who he is. Now, friend, this is so crucial because the Jesus presented by the cults has no power. They teach that he's not God. They teach that he's a mere prophet. That's that spirit of Antichrist. And the Jesus that they teach will condemn souls to hell. I want to prove that to you. Turn your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter number 8. John, chapter number 8. We read this portion of Scripture this morning. But in this portion of Scripture, the power, the authority of Jesus Christ, because of who He is, is very clearly portrayed. In John chapter 8, verse number 19, Then said they unto Him, Where is thy Father? Jesus answered, You neither know me nor my Father. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. It's very clear, Jesus is claiming to be God. Where is thy Father? Uh, he that has seen me hath seen my Father. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. I want you to follow this in the context in verse number 24. They've asked the question, where is thy Father? And in verse number 24, I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am He, ye shall die in your sins. It's very clear that only the Jesus of the Bible has the power to save. See, a Jesus who is a created being cannot save you. A Jesus that uh, is lower than God cannot save you. Uh, the Jesus of the Bible, He can forgive. He can save. He has that power. He has that authority. We see the deity of Jesus Christ in His salvation. I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Titus. And I'm going to close tonight with this thought. We see the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ in His return. You see, as the disciples witnessed, as Jesus ascended into heaven, the angel said, this same Jesus that you've seen ascending into heaven shall so come in like manner. This same Jesus, we saw that Jesus ascended to heaven. He took his rightful place upon the throne of God. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. But I tell you that that same Jesus is coming back again. In the book of Titus, chapter number 2. Let's pick up in the middle of the chapter. Titus, chapter 2, verse number 11. And it reads, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us the denying ungodliness and worldly loss. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Look at this next verse. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ 
who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. It's very clear that this Jesus who's coming back is the great and glorious God. Now let's go to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, we said you see the deity of Jesus Christ all the way from the book of Genesis where we started. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning, God, Elohim, created the heaven and the earth. And let us make man in our image. The triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In Revelation chapter 1, verse number 7, this is kind of the central theme of the book of Revelation. It's exactly what my wife sang about tonight. Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. This speaks of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ at the end of the tribulation. And the Bible says when Jesus comes with the clouds, every eye will see him. I want you to move forward to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. You see very clearly the deity of Jesus Christ in His return. In Revelation chapter 19, verse number 11, it speaks of my Jesus who's coming back again. In verse number 11, Revelation 19, And I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. This is my Jesus. His eyes were as a flame of fire, on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the Word was made, or made flesh and dwelt among us. His name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. This is the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 9, where it says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the Bible says the kingdom of David would be upon his shoulder. He would rule with a rod of iron. He hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written. And if you doubt the deity of Jesus Christ, look at the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's my Jesus. See, when Jesus comes back from heaven, there will be no doubt. This is God. This is the creator of the world. This is the one that was born in a manger and became man. This is the one that went to the cross. This is the one that death could not hold him. This is the one that ascended into heaven. This is the one that has all power and all authority to forgive sins. This is the one that has the power to save. This is the one that comes back from heaven, King of kings, Lord of lords, to establish his throne upon the throne of David. And every knee will bow to him. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Uh, there will be none that doubt or deny the deity of Jesus Christ in that day. There's no mistaking who that Jesus is. 
He's the one worthy of all praise and all glory. When He comes as King of kings and Lord of lords, look in verse 19, Revelation 19. And I saw the beast, this is the Antichrist, and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And when Jesus comes back and the beast was taken, the Antichrist, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, uh, with which he deceived them that received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. You see, when my Jesus comes back as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, as the God of all of the universe, He's going to take that deceiver, that antichrist, the one that denied His deity, the one that deceived men, the one that caused men to falsely worship Him. He's going to take that beast and cast him into hell. And 1,000 years later, we read that that beast, that antichrist, is still in hell. Everlasting fire everlasting punishment. Friends, that's my Jesus. Revelation chapter 22. Revelation chapter 22. It's a very fitting way for the Bible to conclude. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Even so, come Lord Jesus. That word Lord is a reference to Jesus as being God. Even so, come Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So we see clearly the deity of Jesus Christ in his return. Now, what you believe about Jesus is foundational. You have the wrong Jesus. He cannot save you. But the Jesus of the Bible has authority. Satan is taking that truth of Christ's deity away from many. There are multitudes today growing up in evangelical churches that are being deceived by the spirit of Antichrist. Uh, they tell us that the cults are being built by those that grew up in churches that preached the Word of God. What happened? They went out from us because they were not all of us. Where if they'd been of us, they would have no doubt continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest. I will tell you this tonight, that one who is truly born again, one who is truly saved, he cannot deny the deity of Jesus Christ because he possesses the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God teaches him from within his heart who this Jesus is and is clearly set forth. He's God. In creation. He's God in the incarnation. He's God in his earthly ministry and teachings. He's God in his resurrection. He's God in his ascension. He's God in his salvation. And he's God in his return from heaven as King of kings and Lord of lords. May I just conclude tonight. May we bow before him. May we love and adore him. May we submit our lives to Him. May we pursue Him. May we grow to love Him more and more as we look for His return. 
That's my Jesus. And it's that Jesus that I want to exalt. As John the Baptist put it, He must increase. I must decrease. Here's the problem with false teachers. They're seeking to increase themselves. They're seeking to raise themselves up. A true teacher will turn hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ and exalt the Lord Jesus, who's King and Lord and God. May we have that heart. He must increase. I must decrease. Every head bowed.